0: This is Epicenter episode 487 with guests David Schwartz and Jordi Bailina from Polygon CKEVM and Polygon ID. Welcome to Epicenter, the show which talks about the technologies, projects, and people driving decentralization and the blockchain revolution. I'm Friederike Ernst and I'm here with Meher Roy. And today we're again speaking with David Schwartz and Jodi Bailina of Polygon for part two of our episode on the ZKEVM. We did an intensely technical episode last week and today is more about the business and adoption side of Polygon ZKEVM. So before we talk with David and Jordi again, let me tell you about our sponsor this week. Omni is your new favorite multi-chain mobile wallet. Omni supports more than 25 protocols, so you can manage all of your assets in one place. But what's really special about Omni is what you can do inside the wallet. Want to get yield? Omni allows you to get the best APYs with zero fees in three taps. Need to swap? Omni aggregates all major bridges and DEXs, so you can bridge and swap across all supported networks in one transaction directly in your wallet. Love NFTs? Omni offers the broadest NFT support of any wallet, so you can collect and manage your favorite NFTs across all chains in one place. Omni is truly the easiest way to use Web3, and it's fully self-custodial, meaning you never have to trust anyone with your assets other than yourself. And they support Ledger. Give Omni a try at Omni.app. And without further ado, let's go to the interview. Let's talk about the network itself. So um, there's already a testnet live, and the mainnet is going to launch next month. That's in March. Um, so first of all, super easy question: um, What's actually the relationship between Polygon zkEVM and Polygon? Because Polygon is kind of is kind of the standalone sidechain kind of thing, and Polygon ZKEVM is going to be like a proper layer two on top of Ethereum, right? So what, what's, kind of the, what's, um, uh, what's the relationship and what are the plans for kind of chain architecture and planning for the future?
1: Well, uh, Polygon POS is the, the product that uh, Polygon is uh, you know, running now. This is the chain uh, Polygon is providing service today. The, the relationship is clear because uh, we are shipping a new network. Um, we are uh, building this uh, CK rollup model, which is a uh, complete layer two. And uh, we are in the in the beta version in Mainnet next month. So it's the, the first release. And uh, we have plans to just uh, let this, these networks, you know, uh, be, be, you know, work together in, in parallel uh, because they are different uh, services. One is uh, a sidechain with um, Um, cost model and uh, uh, running service, and we will have a a different technology with a different cost model and a different uh, characteristics. So the plan today is to start this new network, and uh, we'll be providing, let's say, this whole vision very soon uh, from the the Polygon perspective, how this uh, connects together, how the POS connects with the CKBM, with the SuperNets, uh, with uh, with Maiden, with Zero, all these uh, projects working together, uh, we have a strategy to to connect all of them and to provide, uh, let's say, uh, a good uh, op- portfolio of solutions and options for users, uh, depending on the requirements of the application. But at the same time, being connected and being, uh, let's say, uh, useful in terms of uh, composability and uh, you know, you know, the deployment of apps that can be. Um, can work together in different networks.
2: So when I go to the polygon website, right, the main polygon website, and I go to solutions, there's three things listed under under you know like ZK. One is Polygon Zero, one is Polygon Maiden, and the third is Polygon ZKEVM, which is which is your project, the project we are interviewing right now.
1: What's the difference between uh, Maiden, ZK EVM, and Polygon Zero? Yes, well, we have, uh, uh, Polygon was investing in ZK Teams in 2021. And this was the announcement of the merge with uh, Polygon, uh, sorry for Hermes Network, which is our project. There was also the acquisition of uh, uh, the MIR protocol, which is uh, Polygon Zero now and also the setup of the protocol uh, sorry the project polygon maiden uh, the the approach was kind of um, a strategy of the diversification in different approaches because as we discussed before uh, one year and a half ago two years ago it was not clear which was the good approach to follow and with this model polygon was basically hedging on the three approaches which we discussed today so uh, it turns out that we were the first team to ship and uh, the ten, the first team to to get to the position of shipping a mainnet, which is amazing, but the other teams are also working in parallel. And we had during this time, we had this, um, let's say, contribution, mutual contribution, because Jordi explained before, we were targeting uh, big computation pools to, to make this feasible. And in terms of cost, we had a lot of doubts, but uh, with this internal contribution, especially Polygon Zero we were able to accelerate the prover like 40 times. Uh, so we have today the, the, the high performance and the low cost we have. So we are in a combination of different approaches together with internal collaboration. And uh, we are getting to the point where we will be, you know, define defining well, which was the, let's say, role model, the model for deployment, uh, deployment of polygon networks. And as I said, we have uh, this, this Type 2 CKVM solution, which is ours. We also will be targeting Type 1, and we also have a new VM approach. So all of these projects make sense for for us. And still, as we discussed today, we feel like no single solution will fit for everyone because there will be different needs for different applications. Uh, Our intention is to uh, connect all these solutions as we are able to finish these projects and, uh, you know, get this kind of uh, internal collaboration and we are learning a lot we are getting a lot of experience on this ck rollup development and uh, this is kind of a you know the commitment of polygon is to scale ethereum to build the best solution uh, for for you know the, the ethereum space and we are following this strategy that's a little bit you know diversification to to be uh, you know leading this uh in in many ways so uh but what i can say is that this strategy will be explained very soon and the the idea behind this is that we can provide connected ecosystem in polygon so we can have different types of service um for for any application but ck will be kind of the the basis for all this strategy since we're getting a lot of experience and and uh, let's say learnings and we have a very strong team on this uh, aspect. CK is gonna be the the driver for all this uh, evolution of uh, the the portfolio of solutions of Polygon. Cool,
2: cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. So there'll be like the Polygon POS chain, which is the currently operational chain. And then there will be the super nets. So there might be a lot of different super nets. Then there'll be... Um, Polygon zk EVM network, which is the network you are launching specifically, and then there might be other ck based networks, maybe it's two of them um, that might come into production later on. And of course, as in the future, the Polygon team may launch even other networks as well. So, yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a very large
1: vision, right? <laughs>
3: Well, but at the end, at the end it's a scaling Ethereum.
1: <laughs> we provide very, uh, some more clarity soon in terms of how this connects together. But uh, as you see, we have uh, several initiatives that uh, we want to just uh, connect. So, so the, pol- the Polygon ecosystem becomes, uh, let's say, simple and clear. Uh, today, with this new uh, network we are, we are preparing for launch, it's clear that this question makes total sense. But very uh, soon will be will be just explained and clear because today we are focusing basically on this shipment and we have just uh, you know all the efforts have put us just together on this uh, initiative to to be successful.
2: Okay, so let's let's then zoom into this this network that you'll be launching. Uh, what are kind of the different roles in the network, like, for example, if I think of Bitcoin, I imagine oh, the miner is a role, mining pool is a role, and node, full node is the third role. Uh, to understand your network, what, what are, what are kind of like the important roles that, that we, that we need to grasp? We have,
3: we have to, yeah, we have mainly two roles. Okay. One is the, the sequencer. Call it centralized sequencer, but uh, just to just to be clear, the network is going to be decentralized or with a lot, so with a lot with a sort of decentralization sequencer. The only thing that can do is just uh, select which transactions um, are inserting in the network. But uh, for example, the network is going to be censorship resistant, and means that if a user wants to send a transaction and this uh, centralized sequencer don't, don't wants to include this transaction, the user can always do an L1 transaction, including these L2 transactions, and then the sequencer will be forced to include this transaction as well. The sequencer have two options, either include these transactions or do nothing. But if you don't do nothing, then it is a time mode, and then anybody can be a sequencer. Okay? So uh, this is not, I mean, if you are a little bit purist this is not fully decentralization because the sequencer has the right to kick people out of the network you know it's like it's not a universal service okay but the sequencer cannot steal the phones or even log the phones of a user okay so that's the the, the model that we have it's not perfect but it's like uh, it's it's a long it's a long way to 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 so it's a lot of the properties of decentralization you you have it with this network okay and the, only, the other role is the prover or the provers, you know, and here in the provers, the idea is, well, at the beginning, uh, we are going to be the main prover, but at some point it's going to be a kind of a market of the prover, but this prover, they cannot do much. They are just uh, taking a state that's already, so the transactions are already on chain, and what you are doing is just generating the proof, What is this is converting an implicit state to an explicit state and pushing that state on chain so that the people can withdraw. Okay. It's like consolidating the state and change, but you, but the state is already defined. The transactions are already there. You, anybody can compute this state. So it's, it's a state is, the state is already known. So the prover cannot modify the state, cannot change the, the network. They can, uh, you know, they can, uh, delay, uh, or, uh, this uh, this pu- publication of the state, but that's the maximum that, that, that can do. And I mean, we are always going to run a prover, uh, uh, even just as a backup. Okay. So that's the, the, that's the thing. And there's going to be a here, a market for that. So it's going to be some money that's going to be in the network and, uh, first come first serve. So if you, some money, if you have a prover, you just generate the proof and, and somebody will, somebody will prove it. There is a full mechanism. You can maybe read more on that, but it's, uh, it's going to be a market for the prover in, in the midterm at the beginning. We, we, we are we are going to be the ones that. So the idea is that in the beginning, the smart contract we are going to be the only prover, as far as we are following the as as far as we are creating proofs. If we stop creating proofs, then anybody will be able to to generate proofs. This gives us a lot of warranty. For example, this this approach allows us. For example, if there is um, an issue in the soundness of the of the proof, uh, I mean we are going to. So okay. Uh, we could generate a malicious proof, but we are going to generate the right proof. So we are not going to prove something that's wrong. Okay. So this give us uh, so if the user trusts us, so that means that even if the prover is bad, is if is, is, is the system is bad, we are not going to generate a proof that's invalid. So this gives us uh, some confident, uh, confident, So some some confidence. If you have this trust, you can get this confidence of using the on using the network. It's not the final goal because the final goal is to be fully decentralized so that you don't have to trust us that we are going to run a malicious prover. That's why it's important that the prover is okay. That's why it's important to audit the proof and that the prover is okay. But uh, at least for the launch, uh, we have this warranty that the users that are going to use the launch, if there is something wrong in the, in the proof and we are not doing crazy things, then uh, the, they will not lose the funds.
2: So. So if I imagine it like this, so let's say, you know, I am a user on a on a mobile and I have some assets on, on this network. When I create a transaction, uh, I can use whatever mobile wallet I'm already used to for Ethereum. I send the transaction. The difference to Ethereum will be in, in this case, my transaction is going to go to a sequencer and there's only one at, at launch. So it goes there. That sequencer is kind of receiving transactions from users and it's like creating the block. It's batching them and creating the block and publishing, hey, here's the block. Then there is a prover, which there's only one at launch, but in the, in the later it, there'll be many. And these, these provers are taking the block and they are then running the ZKEVM prover and then they're creating sort of a certificate saying, hey, this block, uh, these transactions are genuine, and this block takes the state from S to S prime, and here's a certificate for uh, for that. And then on the other side, if, when I'm on my mobile, I can essentially ask the polygon network, hey, tell me your state, and give me a proof that that state is correct, and the polygon network can, can do
3: your network can do that on the other side. There are three three stages. You described two, but there actually is a three stages uh, thing. It's like if you are the user, you create a transaction. You send this transaction to the sequencer and the sequencer will create the block immediately. So here you will have a finality maybe of one, two seconds. This is, I mean, this is, as far as, as far as you are trusting the sequencer, this is gonna be final, you know, this is gonna be the, so the sequencer is gonna, is promising you that it's gonna publish that transaction. Of course, it's a centralized model. You need to trust the sequencer. If you don't trust the sequencer, you cannot do anything with that information. But if you are trusting the sequencer, at least you know that, that, that this is the first stage, okay? The second stage is the sequencer will put this transaction uh, on chain. Okay, but will not generate the proof. We will put this data availability at this point. The transaction is 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 final. You don't need to trust a sequencer. You know that this transaction is going to be executed. Uh, so actually, because you know that 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 transaction is being executed, you can compute the state. Okay, you can actually you can manually and any user can check that the state is 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 is. is it's the, the current one. The only thing is that the network, the, the, the chain don't know which is the state. So the only thing that you will, in this stage, the only thing that you will not be able to do is withdraw funds. And it's a third stage, or so maybe once every half an hour or whenever, okay, it's gonna be a proof that will prove all the, all the blocks that are in the middle and we'll put this, okay, the current state at this point is this one, okay? And this is the consolidated state. So the state is gonna be that in the network. And this is the that point where you will be able to withdraw the, to withdraw the funds. Okay. But actually is these three, three, three stages. One is finality of one, two seconds. That's the sequencer you trust. Then another that's going to be, I don't know the numbers yet, but it's going to be every few minutes. I don't know, maybe two, three, four minutes. That's going to be a, 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 transaction with all the, uh, with data availability, with all the transactions that uh, will need to be sequenced and a third And a final, that's going to be every half an hour, that it's like this, uh, consolidated state that will will allow you to withdraw. These are the the three stages.
0: Let let me kind of dig in here a little bit. So I'm not so worried about the prover because in principle, anyone can run a prover, right? So basically, even if there's only one at network launch, I could build a prover and I would be economically incentivized to do so. To me, it's kind of akin to kind of having people who liquidate underwater loans or make or something, right? So basically, this is kind of, to me, a very similar um, proposition. Um, I'm a little bit um, more skeptical about the centralization of the sequencer because, I mean, you said that I can always kind of force being included by sending this to L1. This is correct, but in a way, I'm still economically locked in if it's not economically viable to actually send this to L1 it's kind of like saying um okay you are on an island and there is one um there's one airline that actually services the island say it's Lufthansa uh, and Lufthansa kind of refuses to give me a ticket um right and Lufthansa says And I say, well, I'm stuck here now. And Lufthansa will say, well, you could always rent a private jet. And I mean, obviously this is true. I could, I could charter a private jet, but it would be very expensive, much more expensive than just being included by Lufthansa. And for many transactions, it wouldn't actually be viable to kind of escalate to layer one. So technically you're not locked in, but economically you are, right? Well,
3: uh, I mean, yeah, but you know, the the you will have to pay this 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 ticket, but and you probably you are not going to go to that Iceland anymore, okay? But at least you are not going to be stick there. So it's like Lufthansa warranties you. So it's like it's not like a, a private. I would not say a private uh, jet is like a Lufthansa. You have a way. So you have on, this case is the layer one, but you have a like a judge that can force Lufthansa to sell you a ticket for. A limited price which is the layer one cost so i mean but i need to pay the you, judge right you need to pay. See, yeah exactly yeah yeah it's, it's gonna cost you but so this is so this is why it's not uh perfectly decentralized this is not the perfect but at least you will not get a stick in the iceland you will leave the iceland and you probably will not come back agree and, oh definitely will not <laughs> come back Definitely exactly. no
0: not, not a good island experience
3: but it's not but you, the, the important is that you are not going to get a stock in the in the iceland Okay. so that's the important part here so that's the yeah
1: the the idea here is to to preserve the properties of a uh, essentially uh, because we are launching this network uh it a trusted sequencer it's a single one so what we want to provide is you know uh, this this property so everyone is just uh, you know relaxed about i have the option to do it of course the sequencer will process all transactions but at least we have provided this mechanism that you don't need to trust anyone here because you will be able to do it in some way. But the next step will be to decentralize sequencing also.
0: So okay. So we that's have on a, the roadmap to kind of have a decentralized sequencer. Yes. Yes. yes, exactly. So I assume Jody, this is going to be your next job after uh, all the optimization.
3: I don't know if it's going to be my job, but for someone in polygon for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. yeah, so, yeah, but it's important. Yeah, it's this is an important piece here. Uh, you can an, an interesting way to see a, a, a sequencer is a is a consensus. It's a consensus. Uh, it's a consensus system. Of course, it's a centralized system. Is I would say it's a dictatorship. Uh, consensus system. So it's the, the, the consensus is what the centralized sense It's a consensus. Okay, I mean, it's very trivial consensus way, but you can substitute the sequencer with any consensus mechanism you want to put here. Okay. So you can, you can put a uh, proof of authority, you can do the proof of stake, even, uh, you know, you can, you can put whatever, whatever consensus uh, mechanism here. And, and it, it's, I mean, then you have the limitations of the consensus, Okay, but maybe you will not have the same finality and so on, and you will get in that trilemma, uh, uh, in, in the trilemma balance, but it's perfectly doable and here in, in Polygon we have a lot of experience in, in consensus, in creating consensus uh, consensus networks.
0: Let's let's talk about the gas. So obviously all of this is not for free, so you need to pay the sequencer, the prover, and um, you also need to pay the layer one, right? Because you have these periodic check-ins where obviously kind of data stored on L1. Um, so h- how, how does the gas model work on ZKEVM?
3: So from, I mean, let's see, we got two things. So from the end user perspective, the model. It's going to be exactly the same that uh, the, uh, that layer one. It's going to be gas, and you pay for 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 you put a gas price, and, and then, so it works exactly the same. And we are using and the way that uh, smart contracts work, it's we are equivalent. So it's like uh, uh, so. All the codes is going to cost you. So the in, in in gas gas quantity is going to cost you exactly 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 the same. Okay.
0: Well, oh, this is super like- interesting. I would have I would have imagined that there are upcodes that are more expensive on zkEVM just because they're difficult to implement, and I mean mispriced upcodes is really. It's a danger for the for the network, right? If you actually offer opcodes that are more expensive for you to actually process than people are paying for them,
3: but we can regulate that with the gas price. So maybe the, the the idea is that depending on the transaction that you are doing, so in general the transactions are gonna are gonna cost you the same, uh, because at the end it's a kind of an average. Okay, so the sequencer will, will work, but. If you are doing exchange transactions, for example, a transaction that's doing a loop of ketchaks or a transaction that's putting a lot of data availability in there, so if you are doing this kind of transactions, what you can see is that the sequencer they may ask you for more, uh, for a like bigger gas price.
0: Okay, so basically, it's not it's not a fixed price. So basically, it's not a fixed price.
3: It's going to, going to be a fixed price for if you are doing crazy things. If you are, you know, just doing normal transactions, uh, should be more or less the same.
0: In the sequence, that decides
3: what's crazy. Mm, yeah, well, it's if it fits in the blocks or doesn't fit in the block on who it, it, it occupates that, yeah. If you are, look, for example, if data availability, the cost of that availability is gonna be the same. So a call data, uh, it's the same. If you want to put the data in the call data, that means that the cost is gonna be the same for L1 and L2, here you will not have savings, okay? Uh, so if you are putting transactions with a relatively normal uh, uh, call data, Okay, which um, data in general is like uh, less than 1% of the, of the cost of the transaction. So it's not gonna be what the, the cost would, but if you are creating a specific transaction that puts uh, 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 a lot of data, then maybe the, 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 the sequencer has a right to not include that transaction or to uh, charge you more. But we are expecting that the normal users will not see any difference on that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree that basically within normal use, this is not an issue at all. It's just that basically if you have I mean, so in many respects, kind of governance minimization at these layers is kind of a great goal. And basically saying, well, if anything's too crazy, the, the sequencer can can um uh, can throw it out or not include it or charge more. Um it kind of it opens a floodgate in a way so basically i i um yeah it's
3: a centralized sequencer yeah yeah
0: it, maybe it's not it's not that big a deal it's just uh yeah i mean if if there's a clear if if there's a clear way of attack attacking the network and it could only react via like some governance mechanism yeah but okay yeah i mean i i mean kind of sequence a decentralization you don't anyways
3: there are some denial of service attacks there uh, to the sequencer that this is one of the important topics uh, to deal so there so you're right here that the, the you need to but you know i mean a normal web page it's like like a normal, like any other centralized service. You know, a normal web page is also uh, exposed to the needle of service attacks, okay? And they need Absolutely. to be protected the So that's, it's a centralized system and they will have uh, protections like any other centralized system. So it's a centralized sequencer, this is what it is. When we talk about the centralized sequencer, then uh, things just, uh, the rules change.
0: Okay, but uh, sorry, I I kind of interrupted your explanation about the gas in the, so basically kind of, you you kind of pay um, a uh, proportional amount of gas for each opcode you use, and that's kind of what the user sees. But basically what the network does is kind of, it has to pay like different actors, so the sequencer, the prover, as well as the L one as a service provider. Um, So how is that handled?
3: Well, the sequencer just the just well, it has an economic an economic engine somehow. But the idea is uh, uh, how much I will get. It's the same like a miner. You know, it's like how much I will get if I include this transaction, and if it's profitable, they will include it. If uh, and if not, it will not include it, and it will take just the most profitable transactions uh, as much profitable transactions as they can in the in the sequencer. It's I mean, it's uh, as easy as that, and if you want as complex as that, because you know. Um, how much profitable is the transaction? Then you need to check that transaction, and you need to, to you need to. And this is where the all the complexity of the sequencer comes. But the idea is very simple: is you have a, a back pool of transactions, you select the ones that are more profitable, and you need you need to pay all the costs. Okay, You need to pay the the gas, the prover, the data availability. You need to pay all the all the all the things in there. You need to take that in account. So um,
0: the gas costs for the user on Polygon, Polygon ZKEVM, they kind of, they rise in lockstep with gas costs on L1, right? Because basically if committing these um, things to L1 rises in price, kind of, there's no way for you to not pass this on to the user. Do you see that as a limiting factor?
3: Well, somehow it's, it's going to be a direct correlation. So it's going to be a direct correlation between the price of L2 in the, with the price of L1. Definitely is going to be there, especially for this, you know, for that availability, the cost. So a lot of the costs, uh, most of the costs actually are, re- are, are related to the layer one. So, yeah, uh, it's like... Uh, yeah the cost of transport depends on the cost of the oil well yeah transport you need you need so so that's it's it's important. No
1: that, that's the the, the the benefit the benefit of having data availability layer 1 is also yes has this problem because the the security of uh, you know putting all these transactions in layer 1 is higher and you know the cost of layer 1 uh, needs to be you know included in the cost for a user in layer 2
0: so, um, you talked about this network of different networks earlier, um, you know, within the Polygon family. Um, will there be like a flowchart um, on the Polygon website where basically I say, I want to deploy a DApp that kind of has these and these requirements, and this is kind of the security guarantees I, I would like. Um, and you guys will tell me, okay, then do not deploy to uh, Polygon ZKEVM, deploy to, I don't know, uh, Polygon POS. Yes, exactly. This is the, the objective we will, will have to, for this year. So, so what kind of applications do you see living on Polygon ZK EVM in the, in the mid to long run?
1: Well, uh, we have this path of to optimizations, as Jordi was saying. We have uh, a lot of in the backlog. We would close in some way a release to, to launch this first version. But uh, the CKVM has the constraints of uh, the proof in Layer 1, which is the zk-rollup normal model. And also we have the, the constraint of data availability in Layer 1. Uh, for us, the, the proving cost is becoming a little part of the the cost for users. Uh, every time we optimize, it's lower and lower. So basically, it's data availability. Then most of the cost will, will be that. Also, there will be some fees for the prover and you know, all this this. Normal things. Uh, the 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 network needs to get some kind of benefit for for the participants in some way. But at the same time, uh, we 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 have a plan also to optimize data availability cost. And the uh, the idea here is to to just uh, specify which are the benefits in terms of finality, throughput, cost for users. Uh, we feel like the the applications that require better security in terms of data availability, like for example for example DeFi. Uh, they are very, very interested in CKVM because we are bringing this uh, higher level of security, both in, you know, it's a layer two, but you have so much smart contracts, but you have data on chain and you have this uh, proving that provides uh, super fast finality because we are talking about finality under one hour, more or less. So, this for, for this kind of applications is very important uh, to have these, uh, you know, fast movements in liquidity. Uh, probably applications with lower value transactions, like gaming. I don't know. This probably will be a better fit in the in the POS or other networks that have data of chain. But we see that uh, there's a big market of on, on high value um, transactions that uh, are very interested in the Ethereum. Uh,
3: NFTs. It's also there. Having a lot of interest in in that, you know, for all these NFTs markets and you no know, movies that's real value. You know, it's an NFT that has a specific, some some value in there, and you want to warranty because you can have the NFT in the layer one, so you don't need to require the bridge, and, and 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 then you are uh, moving and and working it in layer two. That's another important application that looks like it's coming. But you know, there are many, and it's it's not, It's a uh, it's, you know, it's a chain that's a wild world chain. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be uh, a lot of applications that I don't even, uh, I'm aware of.
2: One of the interesting topics in the whole ZK space is the question of licensing. So the novel, novel, novel part of this, of the system is, uh, the prover, right? Like the thing that will, uh, that will essentially take the blocks and generate the, the proofs, uh, for the correct state transition. What is your licensing approach as Polygon ZK EVM for your approval?
1: Yes. Well, this is something uh, we are discussing, uh, but our approach in the long run is going to be open source for sure because uh, everything we build is open source. We are building uh, with source code available since July last year. As we said, we are sharing a lot of ideas and and the, the code with the, with the whole community. For us, there's a path towards uh, you know decentralization also that we want to accomplish now we are involved in the audits it's about security also but then we have a plan for bug bounties we are launching this beta mainnet we have a path of decentralization and we have also to include a value accrual formatic token into this uh, ckvm so this uh the project is not over in terms of the full product and uh, we are just uh, you know, thinking on, on the license we, we want to put uh, because we will put a license uh, that kind of uh, specifies the the use you can do with this code before the minute. So it's something we will do very soon. But uh, the spirit for us is that uh, this becomes available eventually because we want uh, to cover with our roadmap and we also want to make this as public uh, available good as we are just uh, using some other you know, technology from other teams uh, we are happy other teams can use uh, our uh, technology too in fact the only the only repository that doesn't have a permissive license is the prover for the rest as I said before the whole tooling the client all of this is open source and anyone can just uh, use this code uh,
3: so this is something that's important at eh? because first so um... That the code is available is probably the most important thing because you know if you want to trust the system, you need to at least understand what's what's going on, and you need to see you know you need to you need to verify. So anybody should be able to verify that what you are running is what it is. So the first thing is that the code needs to be available. We have in we open we open all the all the repos in in, in July, and this gives us a lot of uh, uh, confidence. You know during this uh, six months or, or eight months, uh, many developers have checked that and you now have issues and for uh, uh, checking bugs or for even for doing proposals so this is, has been available from there and this is very important from the security perspective and this is a must you know the system must be open uh, so you need to see what's what's moving and needs to be verifiable you need to check that what's in the network is actually what's what's in there so this is the first step and this is already there okay the, the second thing is all about the knowledge, you know, all the, you know, uh, all the, so the, we are showing all the knowledge and, but not only that, all the tooling, you know, right now, all the languages to write that, all the tooling that we use for write that, all the, um, the verifier, the pillar start, the start generation. So all the, all the, all the tooling that's usable by third parties, you know, for, for other projects, this is already uh, in uh, MIT and Apache license. So anybody can use that. Okay, So the only piece is that the prover and what here, what we're just try, trying to protect is just having some opportunistic uh, person just creating their own token, just cut and, pasting the, the, the cut and pasting the same way that happens with Uniswap or that happened with uh, Booba Networks or happen in this space. We don't want to. We don't like this model. We don't want this to happen. And this is what we are trying to avoid. Besides that. If you are doing a project that's a serious project, you want to use that, I mean this should be open and the spirit is that. So we are against the just the opportunistic people that just taking profit of uh, others uh, things worked uh, by that. That's what, that's the only thing that we want to protect. And, but besides that, uh, everything should be open and, and visible and usable and learning and that. This is the spirit that's behind the 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 licensing that we are trying to 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 achieve but again we are deciding that and it's going to be available very soon
2: yeah so from from my perspective yeah it, it makes sense that you're trying like one thing that you're trying to do is prevent somebody else from launching a roll up with your technology before you do and getting the press attention and that makes complete sense, right? I would even go one step further. I mean, it, it makes conceptual sense for me to say, you know, six months after, for the first six months after your mainnet is live, the, the prover is not open source, you're trying to get some kind of competitive lead on the market before it becomes open source and other people can, can use it. That is also actually, to me, understandable, you've put in a lot of effort. You want a competitive edge, right? Like the the question I I mean, this the central element of my question is the time horizon beyond the six month, where I see projects in the ecosystem which are trying to say, okay, the prover is open source, but the license is such that if it emits a proof, it can only be verified by a whitelist of approved verifiers, I think. There are projects attempting a licensing strategy like that, which is existing beyond the six-month scale, beyond getting the early competitive advantage. Do you have plans in that direction? No,
1: no, we will not do that. I mean, once the licensing says applied, it's going to be full of controls, so no, no plans for limiting you know this
3: kind of things. Our model is not a license. It's not a license based. So, our, or the business model of course is not a license based. So we are not selling licenses or uh, I mean or, or or charging for royalties or things like that. This is not our, our model, and this is not what we want to do. We are just. So the thing is that, so we we are based, we want to open source, we are want to contribute, we want to contribute to the Ethereum space, we want to contribute to the blockchain space, we want this to be open. It's already open, you know, all the tooling is already open and we are just trying to protect, uh, you know, this has been a huge investment in resources and in, in money and effort. And uh, it's a lot of people that have trust in, in, in Polygon and we are just trying to protect this investment for a while so that nobody just take profit I would say uh unfair profit uh of that okay and you know uh if this never happened in the space i would argue that okay why are you doing that but the problem is that we have we have i, I mentioned some but there are a lot of examples uh in the space that this has happened and this is i think it's a bad practice it's something that uh, we need to avoid and we need to have uh, to respect that so that's this and this kind of licensing, I mean, other projects has been forced to do that. Probably for me, it's it's hard eh, because it goes even against my principles. Uh, having this, you know, I would love to to do everything open source from the first day and also that. But I understand that there is these these things and we need to protect against these things and and we need to have to do something. Okay, and I think this is the less the the best thing that we can do for that. Okay, that's just the. That, that's just a decision and in the case, it's going to be a temporal thing. So
0: in the very beginning, uh, you guys told us that all of this kind of started as a side project while you were trying to, to, uh, create a decentralized identity, T- tell us about this DID project and where it's at right now, because it never really stopped. Right. I mean, it's still going on.
1: Yeah, it never stopped. And uh, probably we will never stop (laughs) because it's uh, something we wanted to do from the beginning. Uh, Jordi can can explain better. I I would say now is inside Polygon. Also, we have Polygon ID as part of the portfolio we are uh, developing. Uh, We are creating this kind of uh, infrastructure uh, on identity, self-sovereign identity, blockchain-based. We'll be focusing a lot on the Web3 space. Because uh, every time we understand better that uh, the apps need this identity layer, and basically what we want to do in in this project is uh, Polygon style, provide a a public infrastructure that uh, can just uh, uh, enable the the development of the ecosystem of participants on this uh, identity infrastructure, like uh, issuers of trust, um, consumers of trust, uh, users, the apps, all of this around, around Polygon. And probably around polygon, and that would mean around EBM, to be honest, because it's beyond polygon. We are in the in the Ethereum space, and this probably will will the the idea is that it becomes a public good, that every project in the EBM space can reuse. Uh, but yes, this is how how it is today. Probably Jordi can explain better how this started or why it makes sense for us.
3: Well, self-sovereign so identity is an important part uh, of decentralization. I mean, is way to see it is like the login. So any application needs a kind of login. I would say most of the applications needs login. Maybe a payment application don't need a login, but that's probably the exception. You know, if you want to do any uh, application, you need some some sort of login, reputation, identity. You need to prove something to do things. Uh, to do things, and this is what the identity project was about. And, and this is an important part, it's an important layer that needs to be solved. And in IDEN3, I mean, we started that, uh, we realized that the privacy in this layer was very important. And so the, we started with zero knowledge, then we moved to Rollups. but uh, the, the, the spirit of the IDEN3 has been always uh, there. And right now, uh, said Polygon is an important team that's continuing on working in in, 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 that, in that direction. Right now, yeah, they are doing a lot of progress uh, right now on that. I'm a little bit aside on that because I'm focusing on the ZKVM, but I know that there is a, a very uh, amazing team that, that's, that's uh, pushing hard on that and having great ideas and, and, and yeah, following the, this, this project.
0: So obviously building a um, decentralized um, identity is super hard unless you want it to be completely public. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's also ZK based. Um, there's, there's a lot of, um, questions as, as to kind of how do you go about the civil um, problem? Um, who kind of gets to attest what and so on? how do you think about these questions because it's such it's such a large problem space that it's difficult to even know where to start
3: <laughs> well let me let me explain you how i see identity because we are talking about in uh at least how i see identity is a very infrastructure a very basic layer okay so you can understand identity as 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 identities you know users if you want public private key if you want to do it super simple okay so you have your 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 identities represented by your private key and your public uh, public key that's the easiest way to see it okay then you have a, a a database of uh Claims. So a claim is or attestation is something that you say in general about some other identity, but can be anything. Okay. This database is a decentralized database. You hold part of this database, and and some of these are ad- part of this database maybe on, on chain, but most of them should be o- off chain. And it's going to be maybe if you are doing a claim over David, you will hold part of this database, and David will hold this part of this this other database. Okay. And it's uh, so and the idea is that each identity owns their own data, they their own their own Information. Okay, so that's the idea of a sovereign sovereignty here. Okay, and with this database, then the idea is a proving system that's running on top of that. And the one is a query system. It's like you can ask uh, for a specific information, and the other can prove that this specific information is is is, is valid. So we have this proving system that's uh, running on top of this database. This is. Uh, what it is, the basic, the infrastructure. And with this, you can build anything. You can build a reputation system. I mean, you can uh, do a centralized login or you can build a, a, a proof of uh, individual, uh, or you know, maybe if you hold 10 uh, people with reputation, you can do uh, every, every everything you want. But of course, building the specific uh, uh, reputation system or application system or how you are going to use this uh, basic identity this is gonna be depending. so it's gonna be uh, application specific or user specifics and some but the for me the basic layer that needs to be solved is this that uh, universal that anybody can create uh, an identity or as many identities as they want. An identity is nothing more that uh, that uh, like a public private key or it's a, maybe a little bit more but that's that's the basic thing okay anybody can do claims on any other identities. And this is, there is a notary, not, notarization system. So this is database anchored in the blockchain so that when you are, when you are doing a claim is, you know, that it's claim at this time and you can always prove that. Okay and this is the you know this is the basic uh, infrastructure the, the basic idea of iden3 and at the end they the, the the original iden3 project was to build uh, the this basic uh, protocol and now we are uh, leveraging so we are put, we are using this iden3 protocol just to to build polygon id which is all these services and all these libraries and all these tooling to 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 work with this protocol
1: yeah our idea here is to to connect all these uh... Issues of trust. There are many amazing projects working on uh, solving the problem, for example, of civil resistance or proof of uniqueness. This kind of uh, utility that actually the applications need uh, to operate, especially in the blockchain space. So, or as Jordi was saying, we were building this, we are this uh, infrastructure layer. But we have two to interesting properties to trying to attract all this ecosystem of uh, development around identity, uh, which is, uh, let's say connecting the, the format of credential, verifiable credential, that's based on the standards. We have a, a model of presentation of these credentials that's zero knowledge friendly. And this concept, we are able to use zk to prove uh, attributes about uh, users in a private way. And we, we have, a, from the beginning, we took this privacy as the main property of the protocol. And uh, this is the, the origin of CIRCOM, on the zk works that Jordi started. But we have this as an embedded property with a specific language to connect between issuers of trust, users and applications. And also uh, the second property is that we are we have solved the on-chain interaction. So the the identity protocols we have a lot, even based on blockchain, but basically they operate off chain because the, the way the communication happens between users, wallets and applications and issuers in the on-chain the interaction is complex. So we have managed to connect this uh, format of verifiable revi- 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 credentials with the on-chain interactions. So here's where we expect that we can trigger a lot of uh, impact in the ecosystem of Web3. As Polygon, we have a lot of applications, the apps already uh, using Polygon network, and we expect that we can create some kind of reusable reputation built on top of these uh, credentials. So users can uh, uh, reuse this this reputation across many applications.
0: Th- that makes it so much easier for the user, but it's also a great value add for the network because it creates like the stickiness that otherwise you might not have. So uh, I think we probably doing an entire episode on a decentralized identity system. This is probably what we'll have to do at some point. Um, l- let's kind of stick with your predictions. Um, for the zk ecosystem for this year, next year. So, what um, what are your plans for the rest of this year after mainnet launch? And how how do you see this space progressing over next, say, the next two years or so?
3: Well, we have a very clear plan. Actually, I'm, I you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, nervous even because, you know, right now I have like the team, uh, stop. It's not that it's a stop because we are preparing the launch and we have a lot of work in the audits and launch, but we have a lot of things to improvements to do. And, 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 and we have a lot of things in the backlog that we want to improve. We, we want to improve, uh, the costs. We want to improve the, 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 the compatibility. You know, we have to implement. We go, we are going to layer type one. So we want to have a, so we have some pre-compatible smart contracts that we need to implement, and we we, we need to do some uh, uh, to to grow in this compatibility. There is also this uh, decentralization, and eh? there is uh, moving to decentralization, decentralized sequencer, and and so on. So this is a clear roadmap for the for the end uh, for the next uh, year. is is very clear, very specific, I would say, uh, on that. Uh, David, maybe you want to complement the Polygon side.
1: No, no. I just said. I already said uh, we are we are closing a release because we went to. As Jordi was saying before, we have been auditing for three months already. So this means that we froze the code a lot, and we have many interesting things in the backlog to implement. Uh, because in the end, this this project was about scaling Ethereum. So we need to follow this path of uh, acceleration of, you know, providing more TPS, providing bigger, better cost, and providing, let's say, more equivalence. Uh, also, other other objective is to to complete decentralization, in many mineralize, and to provide value automatic token, as I said before. So for us, this is the the whole year in uh, in the perspective we have today.
0: Fantastic! And where can people go to find out more about um, Polygon zkEVM? So to 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 learn how to build on it, uh, to join the community, uh, to hear about updates, where should they go?
1: Well, you go to Polygon web page and there's a Polygon Wiki site with the documentation for all the Polygon products. Uh, If you go to the sub-page of Polygon CKVM, you will find also the the information of the product documentation and how to interact. Uh, For us, the the team is uh, excited about this launch and uh, happy to to just answer questions or or respond to, to inquiries.
3: Yeah, there is also the repositories, and all the repositories are public. So checking, especially if you are a developer, you know, just checking the code and the repositories is a lot of information there that you can check. And there is also, I, you know, if you check uh, in general, I used to give to give a conference or a talk or something like every month or something like that. So there is a lot of uh, conference that you can also check. Just uh, just Google me and. And and it's a lot of information out there.
0: (laughs) I I love this. Uh, David's David's take on how to get in get in touch was a website, and you know, go to the contact set set section and draw the oh GitHub pull request.
3: (laughs) That's uh, I mean, that's uh, the that's the easiest (laughs) that's the easiest way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, it was a super fun, very long episode. Um, and I feel like I learned a lot about how the ZK EBM works and um, uh, how it's going to complement the Ethereum ecosystem.
3: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week.